everywhere and welcome to another geeks crossing podcast i'm eric i'm matt and i'm i almost said keith (laughs) (laughs) i'm keeping this yeah (laughs) and we're here to give you all the best geek related content you could ask for in case you couldn't tell we miss keith (laughs) our boy is currently on a nice vacation in uh new zealand right yes he went to new zealand Thanks for the ago. invite. <laughs> <laughs> so he's chilling in the, I don't know, the Hobbit Shire place right now. And we're here doing this podcast on a very interesting movie that we all saw. Well, Matt, aren't we in Canada? Oh, we're, oh, that's right. We're in Toronto for this episode. You guys are in Toronto? Yeah. We took yeah, a, we, we had to see Turning Red 100% in Canada where it was filmed. Come on. Yeah, we, and let's, let's, uh, speed this up. We got a 410 concert. <laughs> the reunion tour. The reunion four towns <laughs> from 22. <laughs> They're all washed up now. <laughs> you cheeky, cheeky bastards. <laughs> but in all seriousness, Turning Red, it was definitely an interesting movie to say the least. Yeah, so this is now, what, the third Pixar movie we got that is a Disney Plus exclusive? And, um, I don't know, man, it was... I wonder when they're really gonna start pushing people to be like, alright, go see the Pixar movie in theaters. Maybe they found, like, a, like it works well for them, I don't know. But it was so weird, like, seeing when the movie started, the Disney Plus original, I was like, wait, yeah, it is, that's really weird, that's a Disney Plus original. But, uh, whatever. Yeah. It's so sad that Pixar is not getting the appreciation that it deserves. It's just coming out on a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've also been very clear on this podcast before that we are huge fans of Soul and we're huge fans of Luca, but I guess we're going to have to talk about Turning Red now and how we liked or how we felt about that movie. Yeah, it's definitely not on the same level as Luca or Soul. I, honestly, I say to myself, like, if you guys didn't ask me to do this podcast, I would have just not watched it at all. And that's probably true, but I well, I would have gotten around to it. I still have enough respect for Pixar that I want to see all of their movies. So, you know, it's a new Pixar movie. I'll watch it. And, yeah, I had issues with it. Um, I think most of it boils down to a reason I'll get to when we get more into the movie. Like, my arguably, I think, the biggest problem I had with it. Um, but Nick, uh, why don't you go first before I talk I, about that? I didn't know it was a movie until like a week before it was coming out on Disney Plus. And Disney was like, hey, just so you know, Turning Red comes out next week. I'm like, what is that movie? <laughs> so I watched the trailer. I was like, all right, it looks interesting. And honestly, when the next week came, I completely forgot about it. Caitlin was like, hey, Turning Red's on. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I already forgot about it. <laughs> we wound up sitting down watching it. And it's a movie to just it's definite, watch. It's <laughs> definitely a movie. It definitely is animated. Yeah, it's, definitely- it's about, there's a red panda in it. Uh- Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes place in Canada. Yeah, it does. It takes place in Canada. I actually, I, all right. Do we want to start talking about the movie itself? I was going to say, maybe we should get our ratings out of the way first. Good idea. Good idea. Uh, oh boy. Uh. The patriotism in that movie <laughs> definitely plays a part into my uh, scoring here. As a proud Canadian. Yeah, as a proud Canadian. <laughs> I, um, I give it like a 6 out of 10. I won't say it was bad, but I won't say it was amazing. It's definitely right. better. I would rather watch this over Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> so that's kind of where it is. On the I, I see, I see. <laughs> what about you, Matt? So for me, if I'm ranking just all Pixar movies, it's at like, it's probably bottom 5, to be honest, or bottom 10 at 100%. 
But all Pixar movies are kind of like a rung up of normal movies. So I think it boils down to a nice five or six for me too. Like Matt, maybe maybe a maybe a four or five. Before we get on to Eric's view, Matt, would you rather watch this or Brave? <laughs> well, I'm gonna say Brave. Well, first of all, it's weird that both of Pixar's most mediocre movies revolve around redheads, strict mothers, and turning into giant furry animals. True. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, they're like, let's move from Norse mythology and bring it to Canada. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah. Scratch that. Let's take it back to Canada roughly 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Brave, but that's not fair because I would only say Brave because I haven't seen it in a while and I'd like to see it first. If I were to watch Brave again, you'd have to ask me that question again. But Eric, what about you? What do you give it out of 10? Honestly, probably somewhere between a 5 and a 6. Like, so we're all in the, the 5 to 6 range. Maybe I'll do the mad way and give it like a 5.7 or something. <laughs> Because nice. that's, that's a rainy mad would go with. <laughs> true. It's true. I would do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was terrible, but compared to the other recent Pixar movies I've seen, it doesn't meet the same standards. Yeah. I'm going to Google the list of Pixar movies. Yeah, here it is. I don't even know. I liked Onward more than this, I think. This is probably the worst Pixar movie since Toy Story 4 in my opinion. I've not seen that. Because we had Toy Story 4, then Onward, which was alright, Soul was great, Luca was great, and then Turning Red. So, I don't know, it's been a few years since we had a Pixar movie that I really didn't like. I was about to say, if you prefer Toy Story 4 over this, then you definitely have problems. No. I have yet to see Toy Story 4, and I will never, because 3 is a perfect ending. Yeah, it is. And it's not even like 4 was like, oh, okay, 3 is a perfect ending, here's a little extra story. It's Here's those characters. Now let's ruin them completely. It was just not worth it. But we're getting off topic. Yes, we are. We should probably explain what the hell the movie's about. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Spoilers from this moment on. Spoilers from this moment on. Um, It's about a young girl lives with her mother and father. They're Chinese. They live in a temple in Toronto. And they worship this ancestor of theirs who turned into a red panda. And so now this girl who's, you know, going through puberty, turning 13, all this crazy stuff has to deal with a really overbearing mom starts turning into a red panda one morning and we find out it's because every time you get stressed you turn into a red panda and eventually she has to learn who she wants to hide it from if she wants to hide it from anyone at all and you know slowly starts to warm up to the idea of hey i can turn into a giant red panda that's awesome i can do what i want i can you know let loose be excited and you know slowly people start to find out you know her friends love it she finds out the rest of the school kids love it they start trying to sell like merchandise and stuff to afford their tickets to their favorite concert behind their mother's backs. And things get a little crazy. The mom finds out the strict grandma comes in from Florida, I think they say, um, and brings all the ants with her. And they're all trying to bust May's chops. I haven't even said her name yet. Her name is May. <laughs> Not that it matters. She is the main character after all. Yeah. The yeah. girl who turns into the red panda. All right. That's who you could identify. Um, but yeah, so she learns what this part of herself means. And again, since this is a, a complete synopsis, at the end, she realizes, hey, I like this part of myself. I'm not going to get rid of it like all my uh, other family members did. And so she keeps this part of herself where she can turn into a red panda whenever she gets excited, I guess. Although I think she says she can control it, so it's not whenever she gets excited, but um, it's whenever she wants to, pretty much. I was not surprised whatsoever when she chose to stay as the red panda. Yeah, it would have been really cliche if it was just like, oh no, I have to hide this. And then 
okay, I hit it. Now it's gone. Hooray. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously, there's going to be some twists and turns. What caught me off guard was how fast the mom found out. I thought for sure going into this movie that the plot was going to be she has to hide this from her, like, strict mom. She found out, like, immediately. And it was like, oh, no, this is our family stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But that's definitely the least of my criticisms. <laughs> well, regarding the setting of the movie, other than being in Toronto, I thought it was pretty cool that it was set in 2002. I like the kind of stuff they did with that. When I saw all the trailers, I thought for sure Four Town was supposed to be a K-pop group. I don't know why, um, but it's it's based off of NSYNC. The, the sound, it, the songs even sound like it. You know, it's kind of cool. So you get that, like all the you know cute little references from 2002, especially the Tamagotchis. The yeah. Tamagotchi. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh wow, Digimon is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because I predicted this. This is the first time we're seeing this, but we're gonna see a ton more of it. 2000s nostalgia is coming. Everyone in Hollywood's capitalizing on 80s nostalgia. Then everyone started capitalizing on 90s nostalgia. We're reaching 2000s nostalgia. We're reaching the point where studios are going to be like, hey, remember this thing from 2000? Remember this thing from 2002? I'm calling it, man. It's going to happen. It always happens. I'm not excited for that. That means I'm old. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. But yeah. It's a cool setting choice, though, because it's unique. Maybe in 10 years when there's 800,000 things like, oh, remember this from the 2000s? I'll be like, all right, and Turning Red's not as unique anymore. But right now, it's cool. Like, I like how sometimes they show footage through, like, an old 2000s camcorder. Like, that yeah. kind of stuff. It's, it just, it's cool effects like that I kind of like. She's listening to music on the little uh, CD player. Yes, the CD player and, and that kind of stuff. Obviously, animation's nice. I mean, it, it, what is there to even say? It's a Pixar movie. We knew the animation was going to be nice. I didn't like the art style as much as the art style of Luca, which almost looked like claymation. I loved it so much. I think it's comparable to something like Soul. Like, it's kind of normal Pixar animation, you know? Characters look vaguely Pixar-esque characters. It's nothing too crazy with the art style. So, you know, it gets the stamp of approval, I guess. Um, It's nothing too crazy, but, you know, I guess that's nice. If I'm being honest with you, the characters were one of my biggest problems with this movie. Okay. Which character did you not like the most? <laughs> Pretty much the parental figures. I mean, oh. I get it. They're overprotective parents. But in this movie, I felt like they exaggerated that trope too much. It was mainly the mom. The dad just tried to like... <laughs> oh no, the dad was chilling throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, the dad was the best like... Oh no, he definitely was the best character. Especially that one moment when he encouraged May to actually embrace her and her panda. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like... The overprotected parent trope, it was exaggerated too much in this movie, in my opinion. Like, to the point where it doesn't seem realistic. Yeah, I guess. I think that's what they were going for. Like, they were really like, oh, let's see how over-exaggerating we can make. Like, oh, the mom's like a really, really strict mom. And I guess that's just kind of like the way it goes for the plot. But I agree with you. It's a little much sometimes. And I was like, is this really necessary? Yeah. So I agree with you. The friends got some laughs out of me, because like I said, I swear to God, that, like, deadpan girl, I literally knew someone who acted exactly like that. So every time she would say something, I'd be like, ah, that's funny, just because it would remind me of her. Um, the other characters were, were funny, you know. I, I, I did think it was a nice touch that every time that May would do something, like, bad, that the mom would be would blame everybody else but May. Like, I, I thought it was kind of a nice touch how they hinted at that with the, the clerk. And then they did it with the friends at Tyler's party. Tyler. (laughs) Join in on the conversation. Yeah, how do you feel to have a character named after you, bud? 
Oh, he's ecstatic. <laughs> he's probably still shell-shocked from that red panda attack. Oh, yeah. Get well soon, buddy. <laughs> we'll keep promoting Carabite in your honor. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I, like this wasn't a big ensemble character show, like our movie. You had May, her mom, dad, grandma. You had the background aunt, and you had her th- four friends. And like that was kind of it. Oh, and Tyler. So I guess that's a decent amount of characters. But for the most part, I think they're all right. I mean... I agree with you, Eric. Sometimes there's like a little bit of, of issues, but generally I didn't really have too much of an issue with them, but like, you know, it's like, whatever. The biggest problem I have with the movie is that freaking kaiju battle towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what the hell is this? Why do you have this? Is this really necessary? <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, May standing up to her mom, but her mom's a, you know... 50-foot giant red panda. I I was laughing because this is so freaking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's like you said, May finally stands up to her mother, and then she turns into this 20-foot kaiju red panda monster. Like, what? (laughs) Nearly kills, like, an entire stadium full of people. Very lucky that no one died. All because her daughter twerks. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That was... Honestly, that reason alone is why I rank it so low. Because... All that build-up for just a, just a tiny, stupid battle. I, I understand the whole point of it. It's like standing up for yourself. and Like, I understand that. That was very well portrayed and stuff. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like it was so boring. Well, that's what I was hinting at earlier. And that's what I think my biggest problem with this movie is. Is I think if you are a girl going through puberty, like a middle school to high school, like early high school aged girl... This is a great movie, but if you're anyone else, you kind of get sidelined. It's very clear the writers wanted to write this for, you know, tween girls, like the coming-of-age girl story. And that's awesome. If you're if you're a, com- like a girl, you're coming-of-age, you're coming into yourself, you're becoming a woman, as they always say in the movie. That's great. This is a great movie for you. But I just feel like a lot of times there isn't really enough there for everybody else to watch. I don't know. Would you say Luca has this problem? Would you say Luca's too much like a boy coming of age story and other people wouldn't really get anything out of it? It's about best friends. Yeah, that's true. Like even the entire family is is like, oh, the aunts and the mom and the grandma and the daughter, which is May. You have the dad who really doesn't say anything throughout the movie until like the end. It's just a very girl like i could see almost like a mom taking her 13 year old daughter to the to watch this together like oh you know mom and daughter bonding time i don't really think this is a anybody can watch this and get the same enjoyment out of it type of pixar movie which is it is what it is it is what it is and mind you we're three grown-ass men watching a movie (laughs) like this and we're and i'm just sitting here like okay is there anything in this movie that i can enjoy yeah I don't know, it's like, <laughs> compared to Luca and Soul, there's not much variety in the demographic, is what we're basically getting at. Yes, I think the writers wrote this with a very specific demographic in mind, and I think, again, people of that demographic are really going to enjoy it. Other people, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you can tell us if we have, actually, this is interesting, because I referenced this to Nick during the movie, if there's any Chinese listeners listening right now, or Chinese-American, Chinese-Canadian... I thought it was very interesting that they kind of went into Chinese, like, religious culture almost. Like, oh, yeah, we're doing this Chinese spiritual ceremony. I'm curious how accurate all that stuff was. But maybe that's a little bit of stuff in there for you. I think anyone, boy or girl, who has uh, overprotective parents would probably like the theme of this movie, too. But, yeah, no, I really think other than those two groups, maybe, 
I think it's mostly just, you know, for, again, tween girls. Are you talking about, like, the uh, candle lighting stuff, like, praying to your ancestors' Chinese history? Because I'm... Yeah, like the temple and that, that that's pretty spot on. From what I've learned in Chinese history classes, that's kind of like what they did to praying towards ancestors. Like a little candle, pray to their ancestor, being like, hey, give me strength kind of deal. But that's the thing, though. Even that's not like really a huge part of the story. Like they reference it. Obviously, they live in the temple. They work in the temple. And so I think, again, if you want to watch this movie and you are culturally Chinese and you know or you believe you're attached to your Chinese cultural values, I think you'll like that part of it. And if you have strict parents, you might like the theme of, oh, I'm standing up to my parents. But really, again, other than that, very single-focused movie, like Eric said. There's not a lot of variety in it for everybody. Uh, And honestly, I think that's why we're here. Like Eric said, we're three grown-ass men sitting here saying, like, this movie could have been better. Of course it could have been better, because we're clearly not who this movie was aimed at. Even the adult jokes were catered towards a female demographic. Yeah, I I cringed at a few of them. Especially during the beginning where the mom beats up, what, the security guard? Just to be like, May, you forgot your tampons. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my god, this is so cringy. Yeah. Dude, that poor security guard. (laughs) (laughs) Can we get some Fs in the Discord server for that guy? He was just doing his job, and May's mother just beats the crap out of him for no reason. (laughs) And then she gets mad at May for beating the crap out of Tyler as a giant red panda. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this the part where you get our final verdicts? I mean, is there anything else you want to touch upon? Uh, I, the music was all right. The Four Town stuff, again, they really did a good job replicating the in-sync Backstreet Boys type music. The Shaman was the greatest character. Right? The- oh, the Shaman, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Sound. What is that voice actor? He's great. He was the uh, general's... Uh... The general First. from Mulan. No, he wasn't general. He was like the uh, emperor's ambassador or something like that. Yeah, and he was king in Kung Fu Panda. Oh my god, that's also it. James Hong. I, I love him. He's a very How funny character. He's 93. God bless. Oh my god. god. Shout out to James Hong. For real, yeah. he's a legend. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, music is nice. Gets the job done most of the other scenes where it's not being pop music. I'm, I'm trying to even think of anything else. I mean, the effects kind of look nice. Before I get my final verdict, I have a request for you, Matt and Nick. Can you get me an autograph from Four Town? Uh, I'll see. What, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. You guys are in Toronto, after all, and I'm stuck oh, in yeah, Florida, so that's true. It's the least you could do for me. <laughs> so overall, Turning Red, eh, it's an okay movie. I like the themes where they get most of the inspirations from. A little bit iffy with some of the animation styles and the characters. But the one thing that brings it down is that stupid kaiju battle at the end. <laughs> it, it's a little bit uh, gimmicky, yeah. A little but, bit. Yeah, but if you're into that kind of stuff, by all means, go for it. For me, though, it's not my preferred Pixar movie to see every now and then. Yeah, yeah. For me, for my final verdict, honestly, doesn't really hold that much replay value. Mm-mm. Like, I could see it one and done, but of course, I saw it again today with Matt. <laughs> twice, and like, I'm pretty much You're solid for the rest. Yeah, for the rest of my life. <laughs> it is a good coming of age movie for like the female audience. I'll give that. To me, I kind of just didn't see an appeal, also because I'm a male. Yeah, so I kind of don't understand the issues that she's going through, mm-hmm. but. Coming down to it, there was one scene that I really liked, and it was when all the family members were, like, powering up with their red pandas. 
<laughs> Honestly, I thought of the Power Rangers when I saw that. When I'm like breaking their things, and it's so morphin time. <laughs> Literally, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was decent. I, again, my my thoughts are the same. Um, I think it looks nice. It sounds nice. It's a passable movie. You know, it's Pixar. They usually don't struck too bad. <laughs> Toy Story Four. <laughs> um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's just like again, uh, this movie was not made for me. And a lot of Pixar's strengths, you know, some people might say, oh, who cares? It's not made for you. That's, that's like, who, who cares then? Who are you to rank it? Pixar is so timeless and they're so good at making movies that appeal to everyone. And so for them to be like, okay, well, tween girls will really like this movie and everyone else, you know, sit down, shut up and just let them watch it. I'm okay with that. I, I, like, I really do think 11 and 12 year old girls will enjoy this movie a lot, but and there's not really much of a replay value outside of that. And eventually those kids are going to get old and they might not care about it when they're in their 20s or 30s. It seems like a really nice movie for tween girls. Like I've said, maybe kids with overprotective parents. Maybe if you want to see Chinese culture represented in Pixar. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's that much of a replay value. I agree with Nick. It's like an okay movie. Might be more fun if I was you know, 11 years old and a girl, but you know, being a 23 year old man, <laughs> um, watching this movie, you know, it's not for me. What are you going to do? But anyway, to anybody that's listening, what do you think of turning red? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Hell, what's your favorite four town song? Let us know in our <laughs> discord. Let us know in our discord server. A link will be provided as always along with the link to our Instagram page at geeks crossing. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. And be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially the tween girls in your life. <laughs> or, you know, if you like 4Town, uh, let the 4Town fans. And check out Nuclear Bacon's CryptoLock Games and our favorite FIP member, Tyler, on Twitch at Carabyte. Tyler... <laughs> If you can hear us, give us a thumbs up. We know you're still shell-shocked from that red panda attack. <laughs> and at your own birthday party, nonetheless, for shame. More importantly, stay true to your geek selves.